<laughs> and so I love the fact that they're going for experiencing it. And um, Danny Silk taught on a, a particular scripture that, um, man, I just have been unpacking ever since I got back. And I know we got a couple more things to do. I haven't even gone through announcements, but I just am going to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit um, because we're kind of on this mother thing. And it's, um, it's Isaiah 54 that I'm going to. And in verse 1, it says, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore child. Burst into song and shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. And um, I'm going to teach on a a particular topic today that I felt like the Lord just interrupted our little series and wants to teach something today because it's Mother's Day. But I want... There is such a powerful, uh, this is so powerful. This is such a powerful scripture. Um, And it's so counterintuitive. Okay, because he's saying here um, that when you are in your pain of barrenness, when you are standing with the promise of God and you have not seen the manifestation of that promise. And not only that, but there's no natural hope for it. Okay, in this case, you're a widow. You don't even have a husband. All right, you're not going to be, you're not having babies anytime soon, right? All right? Um, but he says something here that is so counterintuitive. He says, sing. He says, sing in the barrenness. Sing in the circumstance. Sing in the place where there's no hope. Sing in the place uh, and shout for joy. Actually have joy in that place. Have joy. Sing until the joy of the Lord comes forth. Just sing, you know? And it's so counterintuitive because you don't feel like singing. It's like burst into song. Shout for joy, you know? And then he tells you to do something else. He says to build a nursery. He says, go ahead and build a nursery. While you're singing, face the pain of your barrenness. Face what the barrenness brings up. Hey! Because the barrenness brings up something besides a song. And the barrenness brings up something besides joy. And that's exactly the place of your breakthrough. And that's exactly the place of the revelation of God's goodness. Because guess what? When, you're, when, you're, when you identify as barren, when you have labeled yourself, I am barren, whether that is consciously or subconsciously. And when the accuser of the brethren comes and says, you are barren, what is wrong with you? You have a choice. Are you going to sing? Are you going to shout for joy? Are you going to take on the identity of barrenness? And are you going to be the one that enlarges the tent And goes ahead and says, no, the maker of God, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the maker of all is my husband. (laughs) I have a husband you can't see. You know, when I was fighting to have babies and I was having serial miscarriages, the very last miscarriage I had, because God said he makes the barren woman to be the joyful mother of children and keep house. And I'm in the middle of a miscarriage. And anybody that's had a miscarriage, let me tell you, that is not a fun place. That is not a fun place to be. It is painful physically, emotionally, when you've got a promise over your life and you're seeing it literally be aborted. And that last miscarriage I had, let me tell you what I was doing. I was singing. I was a crazy woman. It is not natural at all what I was doing. I don't even know how I got there. I mean, I had had three miscarriages already, so I had a little practice. But I was so utterly convinced that I was the joyful mother of children. I was, you couldn't have done anything. You could have taken five or six babies from me. I could have had more miscarriages. And you know what I said? I said, I'll see them in heaven. That's eternity anyway. They're just being spared this life of pain. So I sing and I rejoice. And I thought, oh my God, this is how the apostle Paul was in prison. Like, I am a crazy woman. I'm a madman. 
like Apostle Paul, I've entered into this realm of crazy. Because this is sad. I'm supposed to be mourning right now. This is a horrible situation. This is a terrible situation. Like this is the worst situation. People have counseling for the rest of their life for this kind of situation. And I am just like, I mean, just laughing. It was incredible. One of the most incredible spiritual experiences of my life. And so when Danny taught on this this week, you know, it really is about your identity. And it's really about knowing your source. And it's about knowing that barrenness, no matter what it looks like in your life, is not your portion. It is not your portion. Amen? So whatever singing looks like, sing. Let whatever comes up, come up. And confront what comes up while you stretch your, while you stretch your stakes and while you enlarge your borders, and while you're obedient to increase. Don't, don't, don't come under that. Because there is a revelation in it that is going to break you through it. Amen? A little heavy for Mother's Day, but... That was the Holy Spirit's idea. Because really, you know, it's, it's a mother's... Man, you know, being a mom and being a female, there are so many things that we get to experience. Um, just like being a guy, just being a guy, being a father, there are so many things and attributes of God that you get to experience that are really foreign to us. You know, we, we listen and we want to get it and, you know, but it's such a blessing, isn't it? It really is. So uh, today is our last day um, to register for Emerge, and so I wanted to bring it up one more time. And um, if you um, have been looking at, it, uh, you know, if you get on the email list, you've been seeing lots of videos coming out the last few days. Aaron was on our one yesterday, so that was just beautiful. Aaron, Aaron did a wonderful job of just explaining how the school is transforming her life and her relationship with God. And I just so appreciate that, Aaron. I appreciate you just being faithful at going through that. Um, it's just another example of when, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but when I recommend something and I say, if you'll do this, <laughs> it will actually impact your life. Um, it really will. <laughs> it really actually will. Um, how do I know? Because I've been through so much. I really have been through so much. Um, it's not because I'm so smart. It's just been, there's, there's been so much beauty from so many ashes, an incredible amount of ashes. And so that beauty that's come forth, I mean, you just, I just, you know, I want everyone to experience that. And um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about it. If you haven't been to Shalise.com, you guys really check it out. Get on the email list. Um, you know, every Friday I send out a prophetic email called Kisses from Heaven, and it is straight up just a word from Daddy's heart. You know, this week it was all about, you know, the stretch, and it was just about how God is in the stretch, you know, and to, to stay in the stretch because he, he is revealing you in the stretch. Like he's not content to let you remain in a version of yourself that is less than who he created you to be. And so, yeah, he's stretching you. He's stretching you to fit the image and the mold of who you really are in him. And so, yeah, but it's not comfortable. You're stretched. You're out. Oh, right? But that was just this week. It's a word from dad. And every Friday, you, you, we get one of those in your inbox. And then in addition to that, we have a couple of programs. And um, there's just a really great, it's a really great opportunity for people at Encounter Church because there's a 50% off discount to, to join the school. And let me tell you, that is like bare bones. That is bare bones because there's over $1,700 worth of bonus products in the program. So we're pretty much breaking even to get you in. Why? Because I want you to be sitting under the Apostles' Doctrine. If you're not sitting under the Apostles' Doctrine, what are you doing? I'm just asking, what are you doing? Because this is an apostolic house. And if we're going to create a family with the DNA of what we carry in this house and the vision that God's given me, then we have to have the same DNA. So I'm not saying it's this season, like you have to register today, but at some point you really should consider going through it because there really is nothing else like it. So Emerge is, first of all, a school of transformation. Another way of saying it would be a school of transfiguration. Okay, It's designed to let the fullness of the glory 
that you are veiling with your flesh, okay? The flesh that's covering the glory of Jesus, it's designed to get that out of the way. And what is that flesh? It's a mindset. The flesh is a mindset. It's, it's, it's how the ways that you've been conformed to um, thoughts and paradigms and perspectives and perceptions that are not in line with the mind of Christ. And you are deceived if you think you don't have any. I'm just going to be that straight up with you. You're deceived. And only an encounter with God will remove them. No one talking to you about it is going to remove them. You sitting in a bunch of teaching is not going to remove them because they're stored subconsciously. And only God can get down in there where you believed it in the first place and change it. That is how transformation happens. And you're also deceived if you think it happens another way. How do I know? Because I'm unrecognizable from where I came from. Do I have a long way to go? Heck yeah. But have I been a long way? Heck yeah. Right? It's an encounter-focused school. So what that means is the videos are only like 20 minutes. So I'm going to introduce a concept, and then I'm going to make you do some work. Okay? I'm going to make you sit down in the presence of God, and you're going to journal, and you're going to encounter the face of God. And you're going to go places, and that's what I loved about Erin's testimony. She said she's had some un- just unbelievable encounters with God. And that's what the school carries. It carries encounters with God that lead to transformation. And it does that by helping you answer what I believe are the five most important questions that you are ever going to ask and ever going to answer in your life. Okay? And those are who is God? Okay? That we all right now are carrying around an image of God. And no matter how much we've met him, no matter how much we know him, no matter how many things we've walked through with him, we're believing at least one lie about him. Just at least one, right? So this program is designed to shatter through that mess, right? So that you can actually develop a more um, intimate relationship with God, that you can receive his love like never before and get rid of all that mess, right? Secondly, the second question is, who am I? Again, <laughs> oh my goodness, do you know how hard it is for God to get us to believe that he is who he says we are? Why? Because we live with ourselves. And every day we're acting out of an identity that we believe about ourselves rather than who God says we are. You know, and other people are more than happy to get in agreement with, the, <laughs> you know, with how you see yourself because that's how you're acting. That's how you're acting. But God doesn't see you the way you're acting. And you're not going to stop acting the way you're acting till you see yourself different. Wow, that's an amazing revelation. So the second big cue is all about you seeing yourself different so that your whole world changes. It, it uproots that grasshopper image. Any place where you're insecure, any place where you're believing less about you than who God says you are. And it's, again, through encounters. But it's not just encounters with God in this time. It's encounters with you in this time. So these digging deeper, these digging deeper exercises make you do things like write I am statements. And they make you through these things called awakening meditations where they're MP3s that you sit down with earphones and I guide you through an encounter with God. Man, this one that I just was listening to, I mean, I make you stand in front of a spiritual mirror and I, I mean, you encounter yourself. We talk about the power of your words. In one encounter, you begin to curse yourself and you see what actually happens and then you begin to bless yourself and you see what actually happens. It's powerful stuff. Q3 is called, why am I here? And why am I here is all about why you were born to be on this planet. And everybody in this room has a reason. Everyone in here is born, whatever year you were born in, okay, you are not an accident. I don't care what the circumstances surrounding your birth were. You were here for a specific reason. You have, and that why is the key to unlocking satisfaction and fulfillment and joy unspeakable. Because until you find it, man, there's just something inside that is so discontent. You know, you just, you just are so frustrated. You know, and it's not that when you find it, life becomes a cakewalk. Matter of fact, sometimes that's when the adventure and the, the action adventure and the resistance and all that stuff begins. But I'll tell you, when you have purpose, you have passion. And it's an anchor for your soul. And I'll tell you, you will, you're able to stand under unfathomable things because you know it serves a purpose that is bigger than you. And that if God is God, it was his idea, and he's going to make sure that it comes to pass. It's a whole other way of looking at life and looking at circumstances. It, it gives you such, I don't know, you become a tree. You know, the next one is how do, um, why am I here? 
uh, where am I headed? Thank you, Chris. And where am I headed is all about your destiny. Because your why tells you why you do what you do, but your how says, how am I going to do it? Now, for example, you could have a passion for um, orphans. I mean, like natural orphans. You could have a passion for that, okay? You just have such a heart for the fatherless. I mean, you don't even know why. It's just it, it, you're obsessed with the fatherless. Well, there's a million ways that that could manifest. I mean, obviously, you could do a ministry, and you could, you know, um, start to sponsor and build orphanages. But, you know, you also could do all kinds of for-profit things. I mean, there's lots of different ways that your passion for the fatherless, I mean, you could do a teaching ministry on parenthood. You could do uh, a business that provides, uh, you know, economic means for uh, fatherless households. I have a, I have a friend who does, uh, d- provides scholarships to single mother households and takes people and pays for their whole college. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that that would manifest. And that's kind of the how do I, where am I headed? Meaning how am I going to express my why in the earth? Right? How am I going to do that? That's my destiny. That's where I'm headed. And then the last one is how do I get there? And this is huge because, how I many know there's a million ways to Biloxi? Sometimes it's a long way. Sometimes it's a short way. Sometimes, you know, there's just a million ways. And that, that module has a really mixed bag of, of, you know, all kinds of different things. It has everything from emotional IQ, you know, to how we interact with other people and how we carry ourselves uh, to walking in your union and complete dependency upon God. Because if you think you're going to get a bunch of principles and get there without being completely dependent, you're not. Because it's ultimate dependency on God that's actually going to cause what he's called you to do to happen because he's going to do it through you. You're not doing it to please him. You're not doing it independent of him. You're positioning yourself so he can do it through you. And I say positioning yourself, you're just... How do I do that? How in the world do I do that? Right? So that's a little bit about Emerge. We end today. I would love to see those that feel called. I know we've had a couple people sign up, a couple surprises. I love it when people that I haven't heard from in years all of a sudden just pop into the radar. Uh, so it's been fun to watch um, that happen, this go round. But, you know, don't let, there's a payment plan, just don't let anything hold you back. Um, because what you're holding back is you're going to end up with more of the same. Uh, until you really dive into some of the core issues that are keeping you from not already being there. If you knew what you needed to be there, you'd already be there. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen? Amen. All right, then I'm just going to leave it there, Chris, for today. So, awesome. We'll talk about some more of that that's on there next week. All right, so now I want to drive into what I felt like today's message was supposed to be. Um, so to register, by the way, you just go to eschelise.com and you can find everything you need to find there. So I am pumped about these new students coming in and excited to see what God's going to do with them. All right. Well, I felt like what I was supposed to preach on today and kind of interrupt our series, uh, on Philippians three was I was supposed to talk about, um, the power of the mother's heart. Now, a mother carries something that sometimes is annoying in the sense that it annoys the teachers at their school. Sometimes it will annoy other parents that that they're in relationship with, right? And it's this part of the mother's heart that is kind of blinded to really the weaknesses of their children. Okay, do, do you know that? Do you know that? No, you don't know that? Well, because here's the deal. It's the father's heart as well. Okay? And it's the part of the father's heart that in 1 Corinthians 13, okay, talks about, I believe this is the mother heart of God. Okay? I believe 1 Corinthians 13 is actually the mother heart of God. So let's just go there. I mean, I know we know 1 Corinthians 13. Most of us can probably even um, quote it. But 1 Corinthians 13, I just want to get there. Get there. 
getting there. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version this morning because I'm hoping that it's going to amplify some things. (laughs) I know for me, um, well, I'll talk about it in a minute. Let's just read it first. Um, It says, love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful. It's not jealous or envious. Love does not brag. It is not proud or arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It is not provoked, nor overly sensitive or easily angered. And it does not take into account wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, and endures all things without weakening. Now, that's one amplified version. I want to read it out of the classic amplified version because there's a particular amplification that I want to pull out. In this one, it says, uh, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It's not rude, unmerrily. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist in its own rights or on its way, for it is not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done to it. Or, and it pays no attention to a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteous, but enjoys, it rejoices when truth and right prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes and is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Now, I want to just highlight this part where it talks about believing the best of every person. Now, see, the mother's heart... Okay, and, and, and it's not that the mothers don't see the way the child's are act, children are acting. It's not that we're just like turning our blind eye to that. But mothers have this unbelievable ability to believe in their child, even when they're acting like you want to disown that child. <laughs> right? You just have this ability to see beyond where they are and stand in agreement for their God-given destiny and the God-given purpose for their life. And it's a, it's a, it's a gift of motherhood. Can I get an amen from the moms? I mean it. When you think about your kids and you think about, you know, some of the crazy ways they act sometimes, you just, you just know that that's not God how God created them to be. And that's not how I raised them to be. Right? I didn't raise them to be like that. That's not the way our family acts. And so you just know, I mean, I know my mother stood, my adopted mom stood for years, you know, over the prayers that she had prayed into me and the prayers that she had spoken over me and just believed the best. Like if I was my mom, like I probably would have given up. I mean, give me a break already. Like really, the things that I put that poor woman through. I mean, come on. I mean, I was tripping on acid and go to high school, y'all. Like, that is not a mother's dream. That is a mother's nightmare. Right? Now, she didn't know a lot of those things till years later when I was in therapy and I had to come clean. But my point is my mom knew enough. My mom knew enough that she had to stand. Amen? And, you know, I'm just starting to unravel some of the circumstances surrounding my actual birth uh, in some sessions with Nate. And I'm just going to be real transparent today because there's no reason for me to try to to hide something because I'm going to try to be something I'm not. You know, but, you know, if you, and some of this will be so far out there for you guys because you just have no grid that people walk around with pre-birth pain. I mean, if you've ever seen the movie October Baby, anybody see that movie? October Baby was a movie about, um, and speaking about choices and that things, but October Baby is a movie about a young um, girl who suffered her whole life with suicide and feelings of wanting to die and just was so, I mean, you know, and, and no one understood it. She, she was adopted and she came and she was in a loving home and just no one understood it. And the whole movie is about this unraveling where this young girl finds out that she survived an abortion and that her mother attempted to abort her in the womb and the whole, and how she comes to terms with that. 
And it's a horrible story, honestly, because she goes back to the, the original birth mom, and the birth mom is a very successful attorney and wants nothing to do with her. So it's like another rejection all over again. I mean, it's a really sad movie, but the whole point is it just really is a, a revelation that, uh, that abort, you know, just some of the things that go on with abortion. And, uh, um, it's so much easier just to protect yourself and hide. It's so much easier not to share your struggle with people and to not let people into your heart and to just go through life with a, in a turtle, like a turtle in a shell. All right, you never let anybody in that little safe place that you're in because you're already so hurt. If they get in there, you know it's just going to hurt more, right? I mean, it's just easier to go through life like that. And so I'm constantly making a decision that I'm not going to go through life like that. Uh, and so what it means is that you live in a way where um, uh, you just open yourself up uh, so that you walk through circumstances that can hurt. But I've learned when you do that, that ultimately you come out in a place of wholeness on the other side. And that when you turtle into your turtle shell, you think you're safe, but it's actually a false kind of safety. You're actually not safe because then it's just you and your pain, right? So if you come out of the turtle shell and, yeah, ow, that hurt me, right? You can actually see, well, dang it, I had a wound right there. There was a wound right there on my little turtle arm and I didn't even know it. Man, I've been walking around with this wound my whole life. I didn't even know it. See, but when you're in that shell, it never gets touched. So you don't even know you're walking around with that thing, right? So you go out, you let that arm out, and oh, but then you can say, dude, now you can do something. You can go to the healer, and the healer can patch that little turtle arm up and make it good as new, right? And so, ah, so I was just kind of praying in the spirit right now because I wanted to make sure that I wanted to come out of my little turtle shell. I decided to come on out. Um, I'll just be vulnerable again. And if it, if something happens and it hurts, well, we'll just go back to the healer. You know, because I've been in a series of, I've been going through some stuff since about October. And I didn't understand it. I'll probably get emotional. Uh, because what it was, was something coming up in my heart. And it just seemed so crazy. Like it didn't make sense to me. And it was this feeling internally that I, just, I kept saying it over and over. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And it was so illogical because literally, I mean, I'm not like in, you know, Iraq, right? I'm not living in the hood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not in physical danger. There's no physical danger anywhere. But yet it kept coming. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And, you know, there were some circumstances in my life that were pretty intense but they weren't physical circumstances. Again, you're not going to, I wasn't going to die from these circumstances, right? And so, <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. So, you know, and I would go into, I would go into sessions with, with Nate and we would work through various things. Like I, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm just going to be really transparent. So I was sexually abused as a child. Uh, you know, I had three dads by the time I was in, uh, by the time I was three years old. And the dad that I called dad who raised me, right, uh, we have a wonderful relationship. But there was a dad that adopted me, okay? But, you know, this was back two years ago that I went through all of this. And that was just, I had one memory of the guy. And long story short, it just kind of, it started to explain my life. Like when I realized, oh my gosh, like what had happened, it started to make my life start to make sense. Like I just wasn't tripping on acid in high school for no reason. Right? I wasn't just a bad egg. You know what I mean? And then, you know, it came out that, you know, then I, I, had, I just remembered when I was two, like he tried to abduct me when my parents were going through the divorce, and just a bunch of different things happened. 
Which, you know, again, it just makes sense. You're just like, ah, da, da. And, but I'd already worked through all this stuff. So I'm like, what is going on? I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And I'm telling you, it would be intense. You know, about six weeks ago, I mean, I had like this like episode where I was at uh, a, a dance competition for my daughter. And I'm telling you, I had to leave the dance competition. I mean, I was like outside walking around the place like this. Like, I mean, I'm having an episode, right? And those are really scary. And if you never go to a place, like you, don't act like you're beyond an episode. <laughs> just because you don't have an episode, right? The reason you don't have an episode is because you're all in that little turtle. <laughs> and you never get yourself into a place where you can come out and figure out you've got a wound on your arm. You know? I'm telling you because, you know, we have some, we've had painful things happen in our life. And just because we think they aren't affecting us doesn't mean they actually aren't. You know? And so, anyway, as I'm running around this dance place, all of a sudden I'm seeing these, like, suicide marks on my hand. They aren't mine, and I've never, stu- I've never, you know, struggled with that. Never, I've never been like a suicidal person ever. But I'm telling you, this thing was, this was an operation of the discerning of spirits because it wouldn't go away. It means like no matter, I close my eyes, I'm trying to shake it. So this is not pleasant, right? You're walking around for like four weeks with suicide marks on your hand. Not pleasant, right? And so finally, <laughs> I have my. This, this recent session, and it comes to light that my mom tried to commit suicide while I was in the womb. And first of all, you know, when you, when, again, there's no way except the Spirit of God can, can, can reveal something like that. And really, honestly, if it hadn't been so dramatic, I probably would have never believed it, you know? And whether you realize it or not, when you go through something like that, when you go through, because it takes you a while, like it took me about an hour just to process it, because you, you realize you've kind of been living a version of yourself and of your life that you just did kind of as a protection mechanism, rather than, you know, you just are such a, you're in such a survival mode. And so it, took you, it takes me about an hour just to realize, like, oh my God, like I'm one of them. Like you didn't even know you had a them. <laughs> like you didn't even know you had a category for those people for the October baby people. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh my God, like I'm one of those people. And then you got to come to, and praise God for encounters with Jesus because, you know, you're not one of those. You were never one of those because I was planned for in love before the foundation of the world and I was chosen in him before he ever said, let there be light. Right? So it's not my identity, but it is my experience. And I'll say this, to think that you don't, you know, I mean, you know, you think, God, this was in the womb. Like, how do you even, da, 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 da. Let me tell you, I have walked around with my whole life. I mean, God has shared this with me since 2002. I mean, when I got called into ministry, God gave me four pages, but he didn't just tell me my call, which that would have been so wonderful. Like, you're a this and you're a that. And, you know, I mean, so many people, when they tell me about their call, that's what they get. And I used to get kind of irritated by that. Because I would be like, well, I didn't have just that sweet new call into ministry. Because I had a whole page, basically, about what the master stronghold of my life was. Which you think, is that really a gift? Well, in a way, it actually is. And he had told me specifically what that was. And so I, I've been aware of that. I mean, that was 2001. I mean, it's 2016. So you're thinking, that's a long time to be aware of something you know, but it's also one of those things that you just can't will yourself out of. You know, you know, the strongholds of our life. Because here's the deal. Our identities were formed in the midst of pain. I mean, no matter whether, I mean, if you have great parents, great parents. You know what, did we all, go, did you guys go to school? Did everybody in here go to school? <laughs> How many of you wouldn't go back to junior high for a billion dollars? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you just would never go back to junior high, Right? Like, oh, my God. Oh, it's just the worst. I mean, and I don't mean that for people that are going to junior high, but, oh, my gosh, just, (laughs) you know what I mean? But you know what I'm saying? Like, those ages between, like, what, like, maybe, like, 11 to, like, you know, no, I don't know. It depends. Girls, I think it starts earlier because girls are just mean. Um, (laughs) Aren't they? Little girls can be so mean. And like, it's like 11 to like maybe 17 or whatever that is. And you're so lost and you're not comfortable in your own skin. 
And it's just so incredibly hard to fit in. And you got the fashion point. You got all this stuff. You got the world telling you this is what, you know, this is sexy. This is that. I mean, it's just so confusing for young women. I mean, you got the standards of beauty in Hollywood. I mean, you just got so much, you know, that you're, 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 my point is, unless you've got intimacy with God and you're having encounters with God and you're getting rude, and this is for guys too, not just for girls. I just wasn't a guy, so I can just only share from my experience. <laughs> um, you know, but your that identity is just getting formed through all of that craziness. You know what I mean? And you just start to believe a version of yourself. Deep in your subconscious, you start to believe, um, a version of yourself that's not real, you know? And for me, I struggled my whole life with this idea of no matter what I do is not good enough. No matter what I do is not good enough. No matter what I do is not good enough. No matter what, and let me tell you, it manifested. I mean, it manifested my life. I mean, it was truthfully like, oh my God, no matter what I do, in this ministry, it's manifested. No matter what I do, it's not good enough. No matter what I do, it's not good enough. No matter what I do. Oh my God, constant reinforcement. A constant reinforcement. And you wonder, you wonder why, and see, some of us aren't even aware to see the cycles in our own lives. We can see them clearly in others, but we don't see the cycles in our own lives. And, you know, my point is, is that it really started to make sense. Like in that hour that I'm processing it, I'm like, oh my God, like it's not just not whatever I do is not good enough. I'm not good enough. You know, and I started, it just, God started to unpack these core massive identity issues with me. And... Why am I sharing this today? Because I want to talk about the mother's heart. And I believe that I carry something because of what I've been through. And I think I carry something because of the path of healing that God has had to bring me on. Which you're really looking at someone who, when God got, was totally shattered. I'm talking completely shattered. And walking through the process of watching him put me back together. Matter of fact, my friend Catherine gave me a beautiful, she has these beautiful globes in her house and these pretty little lights and stuff. It's like almost like you walk in there and it's just like a light show. I know, but I walk, I mean, they're just really pretty. And, you know, I just, she gave me one for Christmas and then I got one for my birthday. But the one that she gave me for my birthday is like this, um, really cool lamp thing and it has a little remote control and you can turn it on and it changes different lights. But she gave me a prophetic word that was just so beautiful. I didn't even see it, by the way, when I, when I first opened it. So I didn't see it until kind of the middle of the process that I was going through. God has such a beautiful way of doing things. And in the word, it said, he's putting all the broken pieces of your life together. And each one of them is a color. It's a beautiful word. Just a confirmation, right? But here's the glory of all this. I'm not here to get y'all sad. I'm here to tell you there is glory in what I've been through. There is so much glory in what I've been through. Oh, God, the glory. The glory. The glory. You know, because he's given me this gift, and it's the mother's heart. And it's the ability to look beyond where people are. It's the ability to look beyond all that crap, and understand why they're acting the way they're acting. Why? Because I've been there. I mean, and I've, I've heard God. When I was in that totally shattered place, he called me a princess. He called me beautiful. He called me things that I'm telling you were, I would never believe about myself. And he talked about I mean, and it, it, it's the mother's heart. It's the heart that says, no matter what you do, child, I'm still your mother. <laughs> no matter how much you disappoint me, no matter how crazy you act, I'm still going to love you. You can't make me stop loving you no matter what you do. You know, it's just this unrelentless pursuit of your child's heart and of your belief in them that is so illogical and so um, unfathomable. You know what I mean? It's just this pursuit. And I know that in the natural, a lot of us didn't have moms like that. You know, I mean, I know because I'm in the inner healing business. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I recognize we didn't have moms like that. And so you, you, you have to go to God. And, you know, my dream is, is to have a place where people can experience that where they have a safe place to come out of the turtle shell. 
And I know this, God put people in my life along my journey when I was coming, you know, most of my time in Chicago, for example. You know, he put me in a spiritual family that was so ridiculously safe. Matter of fact, it was so safe. When I got to Colorado, I I had no idea that the body of Christ was dysfunctional. I'm actually being honest. I had never experienced dysfunction in the body of Christ. I was just so safe and protected. So it was like being shell-shocked. Because now not only am I experiencing the dysfunction of the body of Christ, but I'm actually supposed to lead in that. And I have no experience with it. That is, plus, you know, couple that with all the own stuff in my own heart. I mean, this has been a quite a journey. <laughs> but I just want to, what I felt like God was saying today is that it's not just the mothers that he's calling to have a mother's heart because that's his heart. He's the author of the mother's heart. And the mother's heart, okay, is required to heal. Because you can't heal without safety. And you can't heal with conditional love. Which is why God's love has to be agape. Because in the absence of agape, you can't even come out of the shell. Are you guys following me? So let me break it down just one other level because the mother's heart, let me say it a whole other way that has nothing to do with genders and females and males and all that. It's the prophetic heart. It's the prophetic heart. It's the heart of prophecy. It's the heart of calling things that be not as though they are. It's the heart of finding the treasure in the trash. And it's the heart of calling out the gold out of the darkness of the mind. Mind and mine, right? It's the, it's the voice that comes in to the prostitute and says, you're a princess. Okay, it's the voice that comes into the homosexual, right? And says, you are worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of God. It's the heart that comes in to that place and just almost is blind to the place. You're like, but God's not blind to it. Well, See, the problem is we're not blind to it. <laughs> now, we may be blind. It may be a blind spot. All right, It may be a blind spot, but we're living out of that identity every single day. We're living out of that identity every single day. And so God knows that calling out what you perceive yourself to be doesn't transform it. You know, I remember, I remember another part of one of Danny Silk's books, and I think it's called Loving Your Kids on Purpose, which, by the way, that is not really just a parenting book. That's a ministry book. I mean, if you are called to any position of leadership, you should read that book because it's about a a fear-free relationship in parenting your kids. And as a parent, let me tell you, it is way easier just to threat. It is just way easier to yell and get them to clean the dang basement. (laughs) You know what I mean? They, 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 They do it. They do it. They get down there like little good soldiers. You know what I mean? And they get that job done and I feel better. (laughs) Right? Until you realize that you're misrepresenting the heart of God. And that's not how God gets us to obey. He didn't scare us into obedience, right? Right? (laughs) And so this book is about a control-free parenting model. Dude, it, it is a really good book. It's a really good book. But I, you know, you're talking to the person who would read Danny Silk's books. I mean, I remember coming in the encounter room and I'd just cry. I would cry. I'd read these things over loving your kids on purpose. I'd read these books. And I mean, I'd so long for that. But my identity didn't line up with a person that could be that. Yeah? So what am I saying? I'm saying that the mother's heart is a prophetic heart. It's a prophetic heart. And every one of us carry it. Why? Because we carry him. 
And it's the ability to see people the way God sees them. And the time to see people the way God sees them is at the time when they look the least like who God calls them to be. That's when it's most critical. Right? That's when it's most critical to see people. Right? And let me tell you, this is not always easy. It's not always easy. You know? But that doesn't mean that it's not God. Just because it's not easy. Right? So just, I want us to begin to pray. God, let me see people. Let me see people as your kid. Let me see them as your kid. And let me say this. You know how when um, if people try to discipline your kid? <laughs> right? Like there's only certain people you let discipline their kid. You know what I mean? Right? You know what I'm saying? Because they just don't have your heart when they do it. Right? You know, that's how God is with his kids. God is with his kids. I've sat up nights and nights and nights and nights at times. Because people had come to me or something. I mean, this was years ago. I remember a situation where people really thought, like, I'm bringing something to you, and this is from God. And I sat up all night because it just didn't sound like him. And I didn't want to know. I didn't want to miss it. Like, if this is you, I want to know. But my problem was it just didn't sound like him because I'd already, I'd already been through so much with him, and he just didn't talk to me like that. So I'm thinking, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. You know? So it's so important that we not only have the ability to see people as God's kids, right? But that we understand, because I'll tell you, and I mean, as a spiritual mom, my spiritual kids do stupid stuff. I love you, but they're probably the ones laughing the loudest. Uh Uh-oh. Stop laughing. People are going to know. But you know what? I mean, they just do stupid things. And there are times that I just want to rush in and just be like, you are doing the stupidest thing known to man. Right? But sometimes, you know what? It's just like with natural kids. They aren't going to listen. Because it's not their revelation. Right? So it's, it's, a, it's an art to disciple people. It's an art. And let me tell you, everybody in here is called to disciple people. And it may not be... You know, you may not be a female, but that discipleship, there's a part of that that comes from the father's heart and there's a part of that that comes from the mother's heart, right? Right? And so it's just partnering with the Spirit of God so that what he wants to do can actually get done. And sometimes, you know, it looks like letting them go out and hang out in the pigsty a little while till they come to themselves, Right? Sometimes it, I mean, you know, it just sometimes, it looks all kinds of different ways. Sometimes it looks like leaving the 99 to go after the one. There's no rules because every heart is different. Every heart is different, right? And so the mother's heart, how many of you know every one of your kids is different? If you have more than one kid, holy moly. They're like, they're like did this come out of the same? Hey, what? How, how could I have more different people out of the same gene pool? Right? Right? And so the the point is is that all of us are so different. So you have to trust God naturally when you're parenting your your children. I mean, I know like Ella, spanking Ella is is just so traumatic for this young child. I mean, and let me tell you, I've never given her a real spanking in her entire life. Like she's never had a real spanking. Like she's had, I mean, like literally, they are so pathetic. Like it's like, because I mean, just a little like... She will limp. She will limp. (laughs) Like I have beat that child. Is that right? She will limp. I mean, three hours later, it still hurts. And you're just like, oh my God. Like I did not even hardly, like literally, it was like this. Because I mean, it's you just, and it's, so I started to think like, this is not normal. This is not normal. Like this is obviously not, why? First of all, she's a big, her love language is touch. She has a big love language of touch. And so it means something more to her than it means to somebody who was a quality time person. All right? Um, people, kids that are words of affirmation people, man, you start speaking out some stuff on them, that's going to affect them way more 
that if you, you know, it's a kid that could care less. You know what I mean? They just give me a gift. Elle's also a gift person. She's, I mean, since a little kid, she's a gift person. So the point is you have to partner with God as you disciple people so that you understand how do they receive love? How do they, how do you, how do you win their heart? How do you, how do you make a safe place? Right? So that this one can experience God and come into the revelation that they need to mature. It's an art. It's an art. Now, I shared my testimony today not to just make you sad or, you know, whatever. Let me say this. If I can walk around for 47 years, I'm 48 now, right? 48 years. (laughs) That's so weird, right? Like, I had three birthdays when I thought I was 48. And Brian would be like, you're not 48. Like, you're 46. And I'd be like, I'm 48. No, you're 47. Well, now that I'm 48, I don't believe I'm 48. Now I think I'm 47, whatever. So I have no idea what that means, but okay. Um, for what I was saying. But you know, if you can walk around, like sometimes we can he- you can hear people's stories and you think you have a category for that. You have the October baby category for that. Or you have the so-and-so part, you know, you have a category for that. And the bottom line is we've all got stuff that is hindering our ability to walk in the fullness of our identity. Now, am I suggesting that you have that kind of traumatic stuff? No, I'm not. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that traumatic for it to affect you the way that it affected me. Do you know it's just the way you perceive it? Like Ella's little spanking? Ella perceives abuse and whatever that is, where you got to limp around. You know what I mean? Like, it, no, but that is such a good example because it's not really what happened to you. It's what it meant to you. And we're all walking around with things that meant something to us that have shaped who we are today. Amen? So on Mother's Day, what am I saying? I'm just saying that this is what we're dealing with, y'all. And we're called to have the mother's heart. Right? This is, these, are the, these are God's kids, and this is what we're dealing with. So, Father, I'm going to pray. And also, while I'm praying, you guys, we need to take up an offering. i got to take up our our offering today. So just get those ready. Just, you know, a million dollars. So you just grab an envelope, make out your checks to Prayer Mountain. There's debit card giving and all that stuff on the envelopes. But I just want to pray today, Father, that, first of all, for all of our mothers, I just, God, thank you that we get to experience that. Like there's something just inherently that we get to experience with that. And Father, for everyone, regardless if you're a mom or not, Father, I thank you that we're still carrying the mother's heart, that we're carrying uh, that prophetic heart of yours that is mothering. And I thank you, God, that you've given us at least one, if not more, assignments in the earth to release that mother's heart to people people that we're in relationship with, people that we are at the grocery store. I mean, you know, people you just don't even know, just assignments that you probably don't, we're not even aware of yet. Like Judy talked about that season where she was just, just operating in that heart. And so God, we just thank you for those people that you've called us to love that way and to speak into their lives that way and to come alongside you to see the manifestation of who they really are. And I just uh, pray for grace in those relationships. And I pray for great rewards and just awesome things to come for the moms, spiritual and otherwise today. I just pray for the rewards because you said that children are a gift from the Lord. So I just thank you for the gifts, the open gifts and the rewards that come from your mother's heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. And I just felt like, as we're closing here, I just...
release a safe place over you. It's not your turtle shell. I just release a safe place for you to come out and let those little turtle legs and turtle arms and turtle head just get out there and be vulnerable. I pray for a place of vulnerability for you. I pray for a place of great vulnerability for you. Whether that is in friendships, whether that is in whatever that looks like. You, God knows what that looks like for you. And I call you into that place. I call you into that place where you can just be vulnerable and you can just heal. And you can be free to be a turtle. faster than anybody else you're not in some kind of sprint and you can embrace your unique purpose of turtlehood and see that there's glory in the turtle there's glory in the turtle even if you don't see it yet and that in every place where you've been trying to, I don't know, hide in that turtle shell that that very thing that you're going to come out and expose is where the glory is going to be released. service during worship um, I felt like the Lord is wanting to circle us back a little bit um, he said X marks the spot and it's this place of his goodness that he wants you to retreat back to because his goodness is that same place and he also wants you to know that his goodness be very clear that his goodness is also manifested through his people his mothers, through his fathers, through his daughters, through his sons. And he's wanting you and me to step out in that. There's something about community. There's something about creating a safe place for one another and giving yourself permission to enter into that place because where the X marks a spot for you is going to be like following the cloud. So his goodness is going to manifest as X is going to manifest in different people. It's going to manifest into different people through you. And it's, it's important that you don't just come and attend and then go out and go eat. But there's connection that he's wanting to do. There's connection with one another. There's connection with your families of origin. There's con- con- connection with your mothers. There's connection with your fathers. There's connections. And he wants you to... Um, For some of you, this is going to be trying again. Try again. Try again. Like where it broke down and it didn't go well or was awkward or whatever that was. He says, try again because there's something he's doing. There's a grace on it. There's a grace to enter the X marks the spot of his goodness in that that place of community. So, Father, we just thank you for that grace. You know, doing life together is not easy. Last time I checked, I'm not always easy. <laughs> and we're not always easy, but we're worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to connect. It's worth it to try again. It's worth it to go back. It's worth it. Because there's not only something for you in that X marks your spot of his goodness, but there's something you're supposed to release in that spot too. So, Father, we just thank you for that grace today in Jesus' name. So I guess the uh, offerings, are we all done? Do you want to just close it out? Or, yeah, okay. Um, and then, uh, so if, if you haven't done that, go find Deb or the bucket or something. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead. And, I'm sorry. Okay. And then we also have the offering bu- buckets. And we do need to catch up on our rent, so let's just do that, you know, X 
That's more just part of his goodness in giving us this building. So I'm just going to go ahead and pray over you, and then we're going to invite our encounter ministers to come up. Come up for prayer. If that's a place where you've been struggling um, in receiving his goodness directly or just in, in, um, in, in that goodness of connection with one another, um, get, get prayer for that. Get prayer for that. Our, our prayer warriors are anointed. And there's something about someone coming out that's not in that place that's able to release something that you can receive. So, Father, I just thank you for your goodness today. We just thank you for all the moms. We just thank you for all the uh, spiritual moms. We just we thank you for all the dads, too. Um, and we thank you for all the kids. But most of all, we thank you for you and your goodness. We thank you for the grace of your goodness and the freedom that that gives us. Have an amazing day. You guys have a blessed week. In Jesus' name. Awesome.